Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, my goodness. Max is a piece of work. He's working the board today. We're going to give away a copy of the book later. Don't call now. Uh, And Max will take down your info, and the publisher will be nice enough to send you a copy. It's called Lebanese Cuisine. Uh, It's by my guest, a tribute to her mom who wrote the first one. And uh, Leila Leila Habib Kursky put this book together with some pretty cool photography. All right, before we go into what is Lebanese food, what – I love photography, and I got bit by the digital bug pretty early and bought the first little digital Instamatic-like camera, you know, blah, blah, blah. What kept you with 35 millimeter? Oh, yeah. Well, um, to be honest, though, so the, the photos that I did on the book were digital, so I had to go to the dark side there. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think part of it is just working – you know, in front of a computer all day Yeah. that I, you know, being able to do something a little more tactile, it was really fun. So um, with the film, I love these old antique cameras. I guess they're antiques now. And I've got both the 35 millimeter and the medium format. I haven't tried the, the big, big beasts yet, but um, yeah, I think it's just, you know, the thrill of not knowing what you're going to get um, going into a dark room both develop your film as tactile to, to do your prints as tactile. Um, it's just, it's a nice break from sitting in front of a computer all day. Yeah, I'll bet. And there's something, uh, yeah, you can do black and white photography with a digital camera, but there's something yeah. about 35 millimeter black and white that, uh, and I, I, I took some pretty incredible pictures if I say so myself mm-hmm. when I was in college, my degree is in communications uh, motion picture broadcasting and broadcasting in general, but I took a photography class and you had to, you know, do compile your best uh, 10 pictures for mm-hmm. one of the midterms. And that was really a lot of fun, but anyway, okay. So, and that was my next question. Did, were these pictures uh, analog or digital? Yeah, no, no. Um, they're all digital. Yeah. So both, both the ones that um, my buddy took and myself were all digital. Okay, now the question. I uh, let's just say that I have no clue. 
I'm a meat and potatoes guy from the Midwest. And what the heck is Lebanese cuisine? Yeah. And my first reaction to that is it's pretty vegetable forward. So, um, and then the vegetables, you know, would be eggplant, zucchini, cauliflower. Um, You're always going to use olive oil. You know, you have a little bit of garlic in there. And um, the spices, you know, when you were talking about Indian food before, which is really complex mixtures. Um, in Lebanese food, there's just generally just a little pinch of cinnamon, um, which may sound a little quirky with meats, but it goes really nicely, or, or cumin, like you see in, in hummus. So it's spiced, but not spicy. Um, you know, I would say judicious use of meat. You know, you're not going to necessarily get a, a big roast. Um, you know, even with your stews, you're going to have vegetables with it. Um, a lot of things served on a bed of rice. Um you know, when you look at how the books organize, it's very much kind of in those those themes of how things go. So bread kinds of dishes, and you take the bread and you'll make styr, which is like a little meat pie or little um, other little things that are like little pizzas. Or sometimes you use that, that same dough to make dumplings. Um, and then you'll get things that are more, you know, say, vegetarian-based. So with your eggplants and your zucchinis and your garbanzo beans or chickpeas. Um, you know, stews, again, like I say, but, you know, generally with a lot of other vegetables in there. Um, and then lots of salads um, and, you know, uh, and then yogurt-based dishes. So, so yogurt's another big kind of theme as well. So I, you know, when you kind of think about healthful diets and that Mediterranean diet, it all kind of fits in there. Just, you know, olive oil-based, um, very ve- vegetable-heavy, um, generally pretty, he- you know, I want to say um, healthy and I would say approachable, approachable to cook. Um, and, you know, I would, I would say it shouldn't be, sometimes you'll see something that's ethnic and it's like, oh, my goodness, what the heck's in there? It's not scary like that. It, you can you can kind of see what's in there and, and give it a whirl. Yeah. You, you mentioned the sauces and I'm thumbing through. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it goes with so many things, but just a simple yogurt sauce, Laban, mm-hmm. yeah, it, you know, with meat, uh, for me, um, with with a spoon, I don't need to put it mm-hmm. on anything. Um, mm-hmm. And you have a nice section of sauces. At yeah. The garlic sauce, of course, is something I bet you most anybody has done, whether they thought they were making a Lebanese garlic sauce or not. And exactly. It, and it's, it's like an AOE, right? But yeah. just with a different name. Yeah. And uh, the mortar and pestle, the garlic, and get all those aromatics in there um but the bread section uh this bread that on the first overleaf on page 14 mm-hmm. if you will uh i guess it's no 12 um the, big round puffy bread and mm-hmm. never had this until this last time that it was our our local uh semi i'm reluctant to call it fast food it's far from that mm-hmm. but you go up and order and then they bring it out um they give you three or four pieces of this bread that looks a lot like this, and then they have Lebanese gold, high-quality mm-hmm. olive oil, and mm-hmm. some za'atar and, and other seasonings you can put in it and salt, blah, 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 whatever. It, Arabic bread, the basic bread dough. is if, if I do this recipe, will it? can I make it come out looking like on the page prior? Yeah. It's, um, you know, it's, it's funny because I had um, – never really done it growing up because my grandmother made it right and um 
And I remember being in her kitchen when she would make it, and she'd always make like a little loaf, you know, for me just, and then, like you said, you, it'd be hot out of the oven, and you dip it in olive oil and salt, and, and boy, those are just memories. But, um, you know, I've done it myself, and I actually probably about once every two months make myself a batch of this and put it in the freezer and then just take out what I need and toss it in the toaster, and it's just as, just as good. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a, there's a few steps to it, but they're not hard. Um, you know, and in fact, I think sometimes it's it's a little more forgiving than making like a regular bread, right? That um, that uh, you gotta kind of get it just just right and bake it up and make sure it's done in the middle. This um, kind of you know kind of fun. You you know you mix up the dough. It'll it'll rise really nicely. You kind of go through the cycle of rolling it into balls, letting it rest, and then flattening it out. And then um, kind of kind of kind of old school fun. You just sort of flick it on the wire. I mean, a very, very hot, hot oven. Flick it on the wire in on your racks in there. Close it up, and within two to three minutes, they're going to puff up on you. Yeah. And I always like peeking. I, you know, I've, I've done this uh, how many times, and I'm still really excited to peeking in the oven as you watch them <laughs> puff up and um, like little balloons. Um, but it's entertaining because you, you know, the first time I did it, I thought they're going to stick to the wire here, and they don't. It's just hot as heck in there, and they just puff up, and you just scrub them out. Okay, when you uh, yeah, pretty easy. How, how thick is the dough when you roll it out and and shape it, and before you put it in the oven? Yeah, I quarter um, inch less. Yeah, about a quarter inch or so. And when I when I do the balls, like the the the, the recipe will say, you know, grab. I think she says my mom says like orange sized balls, and I think they were smaller oranges back in the day. Yeah. But I, um, accountant that I am, I've got my little scale. And um, <laughs> we'll weigh out about three ounces of dough in my each of the balls. So they're uh-huh. pretty consistent. So if you want to, you know, get extra special, perfect on it, you know, you can kind of weigh them out. And I, I do about three ounces. And then, like you say, when you do the rolling part, it's about a quarter inch or so. You don't want them too thin or else it's, they're not going to puff. Yeah. But if they're too thick, then I don't think it's going to work quite as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, quarter inch, just let them rest another 30 minutes and flick them in the oven. Yeah. And then the salad section. and. Well, no, I, I keep the page keeps opening up to the meatball soup. Mm. Uh, and today it's cold and overcast and foggy, and this this soup and a football game and me would be really happy together. Yeah, and it's it's not hard. It's another one of those, and I think that's the key thing here is it's pretty easy stuff. Unless you get into some of the trickier pastries, it's pretty approachable stuff to make, and that's an easy one. Do you use any special rice variety? Um, whatever is on sale, generally. <laughs> just, just, oh, right. Yep. You know, yeah, just like a regular long grain rice is, yeah. is good. Yeah. What fun. Um, and then we keep going back into the salads, and that's where I started to jump. Uh, yeah. To me, I think that that memory of that first Fatouche salad here at, uh, mm-hmm. at the Piccadilly Market and Grill, uh, you know, just the right amount of vinegar and good quality olive oil and and the seasonings and the textures and the color and the oh man it just it's killing me and then uh, the tomato salad again this mm-hmm. is more like if i made this i would probably leave the onion bigger and have more onion in it but yeah tomatoes and cucumbers especially in season you know when you get i was going to say in season for yeah, sure absolutely so good and then the lebanese bread salad um you know, there, I think there's Lebanon's not that big of a country, but 
What do you think, what other countries have had the most influence in Lebanese cuisine over the millennia? I mean, you know, I, I, yeah. I spent a lot of time in Turkey, and I see similarities, different but similarities. Uh, what else? Is there any other Northern African countries that have contributed? Yeah. I think that that when you look at that whole region, kind of like Syria, Lebanon, I think even into Israel, um, you get real similarities there. It's, and, but I think if you kind of like, as you say, you go to Turkey, it, it pivots a little bit. Like you were talking about that bulgur salad that was a derivative. I mm-hmm. think that one, I think they put beets in it, and I've done that before. It's pretty tasty. Oh, yeah. But if you go, I guess where we're going here, west, and you think about Greece, you get some similarities as well. Like a moussaka is really similar to the eggless stuffed eggplant recipe or the baklava um, there has honey versus like the, the simple syrup. So you get kind of regional similarities there. Um, I remember traveling once to Bulgaria and I think I only ate three things there. Like it's all I seem to make, but one of them was a tomato salad, tomato salad with every right. meal. And um, so I think in those kind of Mediterranean regions, you get somewhat similarities, but I think it's really Syria, Lebanon, Jordan, where it's a pretty consistent, well, a cuisine that's much more similar to Lebanon. Wow. And then it starts to derivative after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And rightly so. And then uh, the black-eyed pea salad. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I grew up in the South. We had black-eyed peas. Uh, often, but more importantly, for sure, my dad would make a big pot of black eyed peas for New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. I think this year we should do this salad because uh, this super co- simple lemon juice, the, the onion, the garlic, uh, parsley, and then a little olive oil. And to me, olive oil and lemon juice most of the time beats olive oil and vinegar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that just looks so good. And it makes something out of. A traditional thing that uh, some folks wouldn't try. Um, mm-hmm. Can we, you stay with me through one more break? You bet. Oh, well, let's do that. We'll come back. We'll we'll touch a little bit on the fish. Uh, uh, and, oh, my God, the marinated fish fillets, that picture. Flaky, white meat fish, nice crust. We'll talk about that, but then I've got a, a marker in the entrees page. We'll look at that, too. Folks, uh, we're going to give a copy away. Not yet. Don't call now. Lebanese cuisine is the topic. My guest is Leila Habib Kursky. The book is really fun. It's available at Amazon. You can learn more at goodlifeguy.com. And there's links to take you uh, to Leila's Facebook page or more important, right direct to Amazon, buy a book. Okay, quick break. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. (laughs) 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 